Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Terry, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fine. You are doing fine. Actually, you're not 100% fine. Why not? When Andrew used to do the show with me, I used to comment on his clothing. Oh, yeah. And his style. I would highly recommend you button all of your buttons. Oh, thank you. I mean, I know you're trying to get dead sexy with me, but you don't have to. Like this? You're, you're, no, the the one below it. Nope, keep going. Keep going. There we go. Oh, okay. Unless you're trying to show off that gorgeous manly chest of yours to me, which is not necessary, I must tell you. I'm very happily with somebody else. You don't need to be hitting on me Thanks, during Eric. the show. Well, I just wanted to point that out so we know that we are on the same page. Okay. okay. Does your wife ever tell you, like, if your zipper's unzip? Yes, quite often. And what's your what? What do you what do you respond with? I zip it. See, see, I don't. I usually have a smart ass comment like, "Listen, you're going to get me in this position anywhere. I'm just anyway. I'm just trying to help you out." Oh, you. It's just the same thing as like a huge goal or a dirty goal or something like that. Yeah, I'm just trying to help you out. Sometimes a zipper is difficult to undo, and I'm just trying to do a little work for okay. you. Thanks, Eric. If you said that to Helen, what would her reaction be? What? If you said to her what I would say to Mandy, I I would probably get uh, I would be I would be exoriated. Let's put it that way. What? How long have you been I, married? She would get upset with you. Yes. Really? Thirty-five years. Eh. Thirty-six years. I don't know if I'm going to be alive after thirty-five years of marriage because I'm getting married in about two and a half weeks. Yeah. I don't know if I'll make it. I won't make it thirty-five years. There's no way. I just don't see that. Thirty-five years puts me at about eighty-eight. I don't know if that's going to be. Well, let me ask this. How how old is your wife to be? Or let's put it this way. How much younger is she than you? We're roughly the same age. Okay. Yeah. I hope I go before her. (laughs) And chances are. How do you get on to this? And chances are, with the way that um, I respond to things, like about the zipper, chances are I will not make it that far, and that won't be by my choice. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Wow, what a game last night. Avs take game one against the Oilers. Quite a shootout after the game. <laughs> reading what fans were saying on Twitter, listening to the analysts on TNT. Honestly, you would have thought the Avs lost the game. That sounds similar to game one of the St. Louis series. There's always an overreaction to a single game. And the stylistic here, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I had a lot of fun. It was fire wagon hockey. It was very enjoyable. You know what's going to happen in game two, though, don't you? You think it's going to be two to one? Uh, no, we'll make all this fuss about it. It's going to be zero zero going into the fifth overtime. No, it's not. Gary Bettman's going to order them to do a shootout to, no, it's uh, not. to avoid it going past two in the morning. You do not believe it's going to be zip zip heading to overtime, do you? No, but no. I believe it'll be tightened up a little bit. Of course, you know the problem is the goaltending can't get any worse. I got to tell you something. Watching Mike Smith, he looks old. And Didn't slow. you feel bad for him? I did. You know what? On that first goal that he gave up. He telegraphed exactly what he was doing before the puck left the stick. It's as if he has lost the step. 
pulling him or he never had that step pulling him was like the mercy rule in little league <laughs> baseball it's 13 to nothing and you're like you know what maybe it is time for some capri suns and orange slices he, he, he got a popsicle on the way back to the hotel i gotta tell you something his backup you would think he can't be any worse. This might be the best thing to happen to the Oilers, having him yank. Koskinen. Yeah. Do you think that Smith starts game two? No. I don't see how. You know, although they can point at and look and say, hey, what was nine to six in the first game of the Calgary series? Calgary won. I think it was nine to six. Pretty sure. It was nine to six. Calgary won, I'm sure. And the Oilers came back and won the next four. So I, I think that's the narrative that's being played out by hopeful persons in Edmonton, but I don't think it's going to happen. I didn't mind yesterday's bandwagon game, as you called it, but do you really want to see that throughout the whole series? Yes. You do? Oh, God, yes. I mean, you're an old-time hockey guy. Oh, I'm God, surprised. No, no. I am surprised I you were saying that. Good they for you. Score, they keep scoring the darn game. I don't want to hear all this crap about defensive responsibility. Here's Just the, go. Here's the thing, and let's be completely honest here. Hang the, put, the, put the goalies out on an island and find out what they're made of. Well, here's the thing. I don't think the score is 8-6 to six if Vasilevsky's in goal. No, I, that, is, that is agreed. So you have two excellent offenses against two marginal goaltenders. What in the hell do you think is going to happen? Well, we'll have Koskinen. We'll have Koskinen against Pat, Pat, Pavel Francouz tomorrow night, almost certainly, although there was a lot of gamesmanship involved with the avalanche availability and practice this morning about about uh, Darcy Kemper's future and, and the ex- exact nature of the injury. And I, I've got a couple of guesses, and I think everybody's been taking the, we'll same, take a guess. the same scientific guess. You, you, you don't have to. You, you, you well, it's very odd. You know, you, you made fun of me. Remember when I said... I always make fun of you. When what's, I what's said different? that the avalanche should not play... Darcy Camper in Game Four of the Nashville series. I didn't make fun of you. I I, I said I think you're overreacting. Yeah, but, but now it looks to me as if he probably has is having some semblance of a reoccurrence of an eye issue. He, he took might. the puck to the face last night. Yeah, well, well, maybe that was the catalyst. So, but he, the, apparently the when he got came out late for the second period, it was a genuine equipment issue that he'd had a strap broken. Right. But then he started having problems in in the crease, and I think it's probably it's got to be either an eye slash concussion eye and or slash concussion issue, or the other thing I thought about you, you know sometimes nature calls. Let's say he's having an upset stomach and had diarrhea. I mean, I'm sorry to be that's gross. With the, with the way that he played, I'd have I'd be crapping in my pants too. <laughs> but I think that's it. That's Kind of a long shot, but I think it's one of those two things. So you think that he had to go to the bathroom? He could have. Okay, but why didn't he come back in the game? That's a good question. Would they figure that he has an upset stomach and he's not just going to go away with one visit to the bathroom? Well, I can't imagine he's going to be constipated tomorrow night, so do you think his Francois is starting? Yes, I do. I, because the well, other, then it's not it, constipation. But the other issue here is whether the team has lost confidence in Kemper uh, for being unreliable and, and not up to the task to be a bright shining star in the crease during the playoffs. You know, he could keep playing and maybe he'll get to that level. Maybe, maybe lightning will strike. But right now I think the players have lost a little bit of confidence in him, regardless of what they say. You know, they're never, I get a kick out of, we ask these questions sometimes knowing what the answer is going to be. It's going to be nothing. And in that case, well, who's calling you? Mandy. And I told her I'd call her back. Okay. So I, I think in this case, 
those are the possibilities. But I think Pavel Francouz is, it was an optional practice today, so he really didn't find out much. And Jared Benner dodged the questions. I did ask him, Francois said at one point uh, last night that he got some advance notice from the trainer to be ready to go in and, and did some stretching through a couple of stoppages. And so I asked Bednar about that. He had decisively said, I'm not talking about the injury. I'm not talking about it, especially at this time of the year. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the specifics here. And so then I asked him, well, last night, Pablo Francois indicated that he'd gotten some kind of advance notice to go in. Can you at least talk about that timetable? Why you made the change then? And he said, he said, yeah, uh, uh, Darcy was indicating he was having, having some problems and let us know. And, uh, he told Francois, although Francois had said the trainer, Bednar said it was him who told Francois to get ready. So Francois got ready. And after the power play, the avalanche were on, got over, they made the replacement. Now I, I was sitting here saying you, you, a hundred percent serious now. When I said last week, I'm not sure Kemper should go back and maybe not be ready after taking it in the eye, and mm -hmm. I, but putting him back in yep. this soon would be a mistake. And you said, well, they've got doctors, don't you? Don't you think they... It was a very valid response, a counterpoint. And if he feels he can go, he'll go. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, in the game-clinching game, he gave up two goals. So you were telling me... Wait, wait, you were telling, he, you were he, telling he me that. So, so last night, they were willing to leave him in the crease for like... for for two stoppages on the power play. What if somebody comes out on a shorthanded breakaway? I don't understand that. Well, I'm guessing, that happens sometimes. I am guessing that if you are having some eye injuries, is that what we are suggesting here? Either that or the or the uh, nature calls. Well, if nature, nature calls because of an upset stomach. Well, and, well, we can narrow it down because if he doesn't start tomorrow night, nature's not calling again. Yeah, that is correct. Okay. Unless, unless it's a lingering bug or something like that. Now, when you get a... when you get a, So if he had a bug, he shouldn't have been in there in the first place. If you get a puck to the face and then you have an eye injury on top of it, I can see that shaking you a little bit. I heard some people suggest, well, man, maybe that's why he's giving up so many rebounds. No, he's giving up so many rebounds because he always gives up rebounds. Well, the third goal last night was just awful. And he, he yep. dropped the puck. He, he It didn't rebound. He dropped the puck, basically. Right. He looked helpless in there. Actually... That was the last goal they gave up and it, it it's almost as if all the forces combined to pull. You know, and I don't want to believe that Darcy Punk, Darcy Camper pulled the plug himself, but it, but it, it almost you you almost wonder about that. Of course, a goaltender has to be honest with his coach too. Yep. If he he has to say, hey, I a I don't have it, or b something's wrong. Well, I'll give him credit for one thing. It's kind of a backhanded compliment, more backhanded than a compliment. I've said to you during the nine games that they had previously played, he would have been lucky to be the second. He would have been lucky to be the best goaltender on the ice in two of those nine games. I got news for you. He was the best goaltender on the ice now for three <laughs> games because Mike Smith was just terrible. And I got to tell you something else. They, they had played 10 games. He had started nine of them. Yeah. I got to tell you something. Um, looking the Oilers, I didn't realize they were so good on the forecheck. I don't mean I watch them all the time. Yeah. They're very good. They're very good on the forecheck. They are a hot mess defensively. Duncan Keith is showing his age for one thing. You remember we talked about it? You, yeah. said, you said to me, well, they have Duncan Keith. I say he's not the same player. Point is, is that it's as if they don't know what they're doing in their own zone. What do the Avs do better than most teams in the league? Man, they get that puck out of their own zone fast because their passing is so crisp. But once... 
the Oilers started to forecheck, and they had that puck in deep. It's as if they couldn't get it out. But the other thing about the avalanche is the, the carte blanche mandate of, of the defenseman to jump into the rush. Even guys who aren't necessarily those kinds of players. Josh Manson is not a, a quote, offensive defenseman, but he's joined in the rush with since coming here. From yeah, Anaheim but he made a too. mistake. He made a mistake. And you know what? He scored a big he, goal. He had him. a bad game last night. He did right in front of his dad. Yeah. You think his dad gave him a hug after the game was over? <laughs> hey. G- g- gave, gave, a, gave him like a, like a lifesaver, a Werther's original, and then put his armor on him and walked out of the stadium with him. And then, and then, uh, then Manson said to his father, Dad, I should be giving you the Werther's original. You guys gave up eight goals. I, I, got, I mean, I, I want to ask you, though, because you don't watch the, the, the post-game show. You would have honestly thought the Avs lost that game. Really? They are all over the Well, Avs. Gretzky was, uh, I understand Gretzky was saying, you got to play some defense. So Wayne, what the hell? Talk about Wayne, your own team. Wayne played ten. Wayne played for the Oilers when they won ten to five against the Blackhawks and in Wayne, the nineteen eighty five. Was Wayne Western Gretzky ever a top hundred finalist for the Selkie? I don't know. I, I don't. Gonna, top hundred. I'm going to guess he was. Oh, stop that! I am. He wasn't much of a defensive player. I'm. I, I'm saying he probably cracked the top hundred at one point. Maybe. Point is. When you look at how the Avs... By the play, way, the best best defense is a good offense. Yeah, Well said. Nice cliche. Yeah. I'll, I, I am very much in the minority here. You don't want a 16-14 to 14 game tomorrow night? I think that would be the best thing for I'm not playing. Ever. I don't care as long as the Avs win. But I, but I look at it this way. At the end of the game, people... And the TNT guys were criticizing this. Why were you playing so aggressively? Well, you, you, because you were getting all over them for playing passive the last... That, no, no, I wasn't. I, I was getting over them for being passive. That's what the guys in TNT were saying. So you can't win either way. So no, you, you can't. And you know however what? you play, it's the wrong way. They played the right way. They played aggressively. They gave up some goals. They nearly blew a 7-3 to three lead. I get it. But they're, but, not, they're not playing against the Arizona Coyotes either. And they're also not playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Correct. Okay, they're playing against an Edmonton Oilers team that has shaky that had shaky goaltending at least with Smith, a defense that is not very good. I think we can all agree if the Avalanche win this series, they're going against a world class elite, one of the top three or four goaltenders in the world. Either way, either way, yes, either way. Shesterkin hasn't has has been up in the post up and down in the postseason. Yep. He had one of the greatest regular seasons for a goaltender ever. Coming up after the break, John Elway was at the game. He was on. He was, he was on the TNT broadcast. Did, and, did he hear us talk about him yesterday? No, I don't know. You should have asked him. I wasn't at the game. You were. I don't get a press pass. I'm not as cool as you. So John Elway was at the game. Was on TNT, and he was asked about Nathan McKinnon and how maybe there are some parallels between Elway and McKinnon. You'll hear from Elway next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us at You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for a wholesale loan to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group. Focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. So John Elway was at the game last night, and I got to tell you, it made me kind of nervous. Why? Last time John Elway was at an Avs game, they blew a 4-1 to lead. So it was all his fault. I didn't say it was his fault. I said, I am kind of superstitious when I saw Elway there. Well, I was at that game, too. Okay. Well, you're not John Elway, That's and true. you're not primarily featured. That's true. Point is, the game was four to one, and the Avs lost in overtime. And then the Avs have a seven to three lead. Suddenly, it's seven six. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, do we are we going to get Elway here? Are, are, are the Avs going to lose because Elway's? I'm not blaming him clearly, but anyway, he was on the broadcast yesterday, and he was asked some actually very very good questions. Did, and he, did, you, did you see though that they obviously had been prepped with this? They had the sheets in front of them. For what? They were looking at the... Well, I, I'd i like to think they could do it on the fly. Let me ask you something. How long have you been in the business? Two weeks. How long have you been in the business? Uh, 44 years. How, how long have you done radio overall the course of your Probably career? Five years. Five years? Total. Okay, and you have notes right in front of you. So why are you blaming them? I know. Why are you getting all over them? I know. Okay. Anyway, so... Uh, Elway was asked about how he can relate to Nathan McKinnon, who's been waiting to win a title now for nine years, just like Elway had to wait till the end of his career. And I think as an athlete, what you want to do is you want to be a world champion, no matter what sport you're playing. And I think in football, that was my goal. We were fortunate to go three Super Bowls in the 80s early in my career. And then there was a nine-year drought where we didn't get a chance to go back. But actually, my mom didn't want to go back because we lost those first three. So she said, we really have to go back. <laughs> but uh, we're fortunate enough to go back and finally win, too. But I mean, to me, that's, you know, what, that's why you play sport is be able to hoist that trophy, whatever, whatever sport you're playing. I'm probably asking the wrong guy this question. Uh-oh. But what's more difficult, winning a Stanley Cup or winning a Super Bowl? Winning a Stanley Cup is more difficult because of the physical and mental test that's involved. It's it's over. It takes place over weeks, actually months. Right. And it's relentless, It's and it's testing. The, the, the NFL, the Super Bowl, that is certainly not easy, and you can understand how you can look at that as a, as a major accomplishment, of course, but it, it, it's, it's a harder physical and mental test to win the Stanley Cup. I am not going to disagree with you. However, there is one area in which I can make an argument for a Super Bowl. What, waiting through the halftime? Nope. There's no margin for error. It's one and done. That's true. That's it. Yes. You have a bad day, you're done. You have a bad day, like, say, the Oilers did in game one against Calgary. You're not finished. You can come back and win four straight. In some ways, you need to have a short memory, particularly your goaltender. needs to have a short memory. Put it behind him. Come back the next game. Patrick Wall was the master at that. When he had a bad game, he would use it as motivation coming back. Some goaltenders have a bad game. It crushes them for the rest of the playoffs. So it depends on that, and it also depends on the team, uh, whether you've learned from from what you've done in a game where you're deficient or whether you just kind of wave it off and say it doesn't matter. I think you have to have kind of a mix of both. 
This is where I think the discussion could get interesting. I have a feeling I know your answer because you're a longtime hockey guy. What's more important to winning a title? The quarterback playing great or the goalie playing great? Before you give a snap answer, think about it. I don't need to think about it. Go ahead. Oh, it's the goaltender. Okay. Patrick, uh, goal, goaltender is the most pivotal position in sports. Quarterbacks, quarterback and pitchers are close second and third. Well, I'll argue with you in this sense. You can win a Stanley Cup without great goaltending. Yes, you can, but but it it's a it's a it can be a mediocre goaltender rising to the occasion, or it can be in the case of a great team, uh, a mediocre goaltending against for a great team. I'm going to take your argument. I'm going to take your argument about what's more difficult to win, a Super Bowl and a Stanley Cup, and I'm going to spin it. You can be awful in three games as a goalie, yes. as long as you're terrific yes. in the other four. Absolutely, no question. And as and a, I think that's an underrated. As a quarterback, you better be damn good in the only game you've got. Yeah. That's it. You got one shot at it. Okay, Trent Dilfer. Well, Trent Dilfer, let's see. Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson. Yeah. And, Tampa uh, Bay. Okay, and, um, and how many Super Bowls have been played? Over fifty, uh, yes, and that's a pretty that's a pretty small sample size, isn't it? It's fifty five ish now. I think. Okay, so you can have poor quarterback play historically in two of fifty five Super Bowls. That's a really small sample size. Mm-hmm. I'm sure over the last fifty five years, I can point to more than two goalies being marginal and their team winning a Stanley Cup. You probably could. Then I guess quarterback's the answer. No, it's not. Well, they're, well, wait, not, they're not mutually exclusive. You can argue your opinion. You can't argue the facts. <laughs> so as you just said, Tell your I can probably shut can, up. No, Mark. the point is you just make. Here's the thing. I agree because I can make the argument for the goalie as well. Easily make the argument for goalie. However, let's look at last night's game. Uh, Kemper wasn't good. Francois wasn't very good. Francois was okay. Okay. So Kemper wasn't good. And using your phrase that you love, Francois did anything but stand on his head and his team won. Very rarely in a playoff run, specifically in a Super Bowl, you cannot have a quarterback vomit on himself and have a good chance to win the game. Unless you have one thing going for you. See, this is what people tend to forget. You you cannot win a Super Bowl, generally speaking, with a great defense. You can only win with a historic defense. Mm-hmm. Historic. and It overcomes a mediocre offense. Historic. And there are very few historic offenses or defenses. The Ravens had one with Trent Dilfer. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had one. Oh, you know who else had a, you can argue it, a historic defense? The Denver Broncos in 2015. They overcame what was the last game of Peyton Manning's career. If you have a historic defense, you can win a Super Bowl no matter who the quarterback is. But how many historic defenses are there in NFL history? 77 Broncos, Steelers of of certain 70s. The 77, you know, you wrote the book. Yes. They were historic? Yes. 
How were they historic? Randy, Randy Gratishar was the best shortage linebacker in the game. Louis Wright should be in the Hall of Fame at quarterback. He was a shutdown corner. I'm talking corner. about them as an overall defense. A shutdown corner. That's, you have to, it's the sum of individuals. Oh, I, I understand. Tom Jackson. I mean, do they hold teams to 10 points a game? In that era, they d- darn near did. Well, in that era, it was much easier to play defense because you could grab a guy, tackle him to the ground, and a penalty flag would not be thrown. Look Dave, at, Dave Casper could tell you. Okay, and look at Lester Hayes would stick him all over his hand, and that was a very it was a very very different time. I'll say this about historic defenses: the Chicago Bears, a team that I grew up watching, they would not be a good defense today. You don't think forty six defense? Nope. Why not? Because they couldn't get away with the things they got away with back then: cheap shots, hitting after the hitting after the play, all of that stuff. Doug playing Dan Hampton. Well, Doug Plank didn't play on that team. Oh, he was done by then. He was done by then. It was Dave Dewerson and Gary Fensick. Point is, they were mean and ferocious. And in today's NFL, they would have been called for penalties all the time. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I watched every game. Every game. Not to be a smart aleck, but how old were you? Were you you a perceptive youngster at the time? In 1985? In 1985, I was 16. I'm 50. I'm almost 54. So I was in my junior year of high school. I could tell you every game, every guy on that team and how they played. Otis Wilson, Wilbur Marshall, Steve McMichael. Ooh, they love to hit guys late. Do you think the hits they put on quarterbacks wouldn't have been flagged in today's game? I'd have to go back and look to be perfect. You don't have to go back and look. I can tell you. I'm as much of a 1985 Bears historian as anybody. I watched every game and I wasn't five. I was 16, and I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life anyway. I knew I wanted to be a sportscaster. So I loved watching those games. Late hit after late hit and illegal hits would be, that's what they would be called for today. Don't you think? Yeah. That's my point. They couldn't play it. They couldn't play in this era because they were so vicious and so aggressive and so feared. But weren't, it, they, weren't they good enough to adapt, though? Couldn't they have adapted to the differing standards of the game of, the, of different areas? Not with the personalities they had. Yes. Could they have adapted? Wilbur Marshall was a monster out there. Same with Otis Wilson. Same with Steve McMichael. All of them. Gary Fensick could have adapted. Yeah. Smart guy. Yale guy. Could, could have adapted. Doug Plank. Doug Plank did play on that team. By the way, yes. by the way that's why it's but called. He, couldn't have, he could have adapted. When when he did play late, when he did play earlier. Well, you know the forty six defense was named after him. He was, after, he was number forty six. Well, after Ryan, Buddy Ryan was involved in naming it, but it was forty six named be, after because, because of his number. Because his number was forty six. They had so many characters on that team that were they would scare the hell out of you. I'll give you a good example. Mike Pritchard used to be my radio partner. Yeah, and he told me when he played against Wilbur Marshall, he is the only guy that he was afraid to go over the middle against. Really? He's afraid is the word he used. Did, did he still go over the middle? You don't want to go over the middle against Wilbur Marshall because he would gladly take your head off, and then he would stand over you, pop popcorn, take a draw out of the keg, and pull up a lawn chair. <laughs> but they had a bunch of those guys. Otis Wilson was the same yeah. way. Steve McMichael was the same way. And you know what? For as much of a Hall of Famer as Dan Hampton is, and he was a great player in 99, he would do the same thing. They were vicious hitters, but they'd be flagged all the time. I'm not sure of that. I'm not, and again, I'm not challenging you because I, I, I respect your, your, you're a student of history and of that team. 
But I just really believe great players, no matter what time they're in, can, can adapt to another time. Well, here's the thing. When you look at that historic defense, I believe Dent and Hampton are the only Hall of Famers. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Marshall, McMichael, Otis Wilson, oh, Singletary too. Singletary could have adapted. Dent played for a long time. Who did? Dent. He did. Dan Hampton? Um, I think that Mike Singletary could have adapted. Hampton could have adapted. Not those other guys. No way. Singletary would have been very angry at the rest of the team for not adapting as he had. Right. He was the leader in that sense. He right. Was, he challenged them. He got angry when they didn't. That's right. When they didn't produce. Right. So the point is you have historic defenses. Jim McMahon was never that special as a quarterback, but they had historic defense. Although their offense, I believe, was number two in the league that year. Uh, Jim McMahon was not a bad. Was not bad. That wasn't bad, but wasn't great. And he was always injured. And he was always injured. Always injured. So, point is, with goalies and quarterbacks, when you look at those two, yeah, a, a, a goalie can steal you a series, but he can still be awful in three games. But what, what, what I like about the concept of goaltending in the NHL playoffs is it, it's part and parcel of the uh, reality that anything can happen in the playoffs. You can have the Los Angeles Kings with Jonathan Quick go through the playoffs. That's right. Win the Stanley Cup twice in three years. Yep. As as a not even close to one of the best teams in the league, I I like the fact that the best team doesn't always win. Right? You, they, you go down the you go down the list of it, of Stanley Cup champions. The best team doesn't always win. Right? Even even in the small cases like the the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in '96. They were not the best team. Right? Everybody forgets that the Detroit Red Wings were the next year. The the next year, uh, the Avalanche were the best team in the league and didn't win the Stanley Cup. Coming up after the break, Rockies play today. You're going to love hearing this final score, which leads into R.J. Anderson as CBS Sports wrote an article called Five Managers Who Could Soon Be Out of a Job. Is Bud Black on that list? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Come back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Well, congratulations to the Florida Marlins as they match the goal total of last night's game. <laughs> they beat the Rockies 14-1 to today, which got me thinking. Because I, I read an article... CBSSports.com, R.J. Anderson wrote an article titled Five Managers Who Could Soon Be Out of a Job. All those managers are leading teams that have worse records than the Rockies. Bud Black is not on the list. The Rockies, though, have finished four consecutive seasons under 500. And then the last two full seasons, they've averaged 89 losses. Should we even have the discussion? about should Bud Black be the manager? Because I'll tell you something. Here, 
were very quick to say, hey, Mike Malone couldn't get him out of couldn't get him out of this round. And Jared Bednar has gotten knocked out of the second round how many times? Why is Bud Black and why do the Rockies get a pass? He's pretty darn close to 500. He's, uh, he's basically a 500 manager here. And, you know, they've, they've slipped since 2018 winning 91 games. We know that. But in this case, you look at it and you say, I, do, you, do you know anybody who, who could do any better? Bingo. And that's my point. First of all, I love Bud Black. I mean, I really, as a person... I think he's a good manager. I think he's a good manager, and he's a great guy. I don't think, A, they're going to do much better, but B, Dick Montfort doesn't fire anybody unless you cause so many problems in so many waves, kind of like Clint Hurdle did. Jim Leland. Well, Jim Leland... He wasn't fired. He was was awful. And I wasn't here for that. I heard he was awful. But Clint Hurdle just pissed off the guys in the locker room. He had to go. But Dick Montfort doesn't want to fire anybody. As long as... People are coming to the games, and Bud Black is a great guy, and I do think he's a good manager, but I'm talking about the fans, though. You're saying the perception of kind of just accepting mediocrity. Yep. Now, that's why you don't have guys on Sports Talk Radio saying the Rockies have had four consecutive losing seasons. You know they were no hit through five innings? Yep. Yeah, I was listening to that. I was driving down, and the broadcast crew uh, trampled all over the uh, tradition of not mentioning a no-hitter, although I realize it'd be different if the Rockies pitcher. Think about this for a second. The Broncos had a six consecutive seasons mm-hmm. of losing records, right? They're on their third coach over the last Is that necessarily a good thing? Turnover? No, it's not necessarily a good thing, but you kind of know if a guy's working or if he's not. Vance Joseph well, certainly had his problems, and so did the choices. The choices were disastrous. But people are like, Mike Malone shouldn't be the coach when he makes the when his teams make the playoffs, and Bud Black's teams haven't made the playoffs. People have been all over Bednar. We've questioned if they don't get out of the second round, should he keep his job? So mm-hmm. why are the standards so much different for the? I Rockies? don't think we question that about Jared Bednar. We were asking there. There is a certain niche out there that was antsy about it. Saying if he didn't get out of the third round and and second. and second round, I mean, and depending on how they played in it, if it was a disaster, that his job might be in jeopardy. It never was. I don't think it but was. The either. speculation was Pete, but, the the, uh, the niche over there in that corner was saying that the, he possibly could be fired. And they, that gets that gets that ignores the issue that Joe Sackick is the one empowered to make that decision, and he wasn't going to do it. Here's the thing: the Rockies in this town. They're they're like the cute fun toy you bat around as a toddler. Everybody has fun, and it's really not that big of a deal. Booby, you have a booby? I don't. I used to probably. Point is, the Rockies aren't held to any standard, are they? No, but there's still something. I I rebel when we're called idiots or mal or uh, idiots or otherwise for going Who's to called the, idiots for fans who continue to go to the ballpark. You're empowering the Monfords. I think that's silly. There's still something good about going to Coors Field. There's still something good about going to a Major League Baseball game. There's still something good about whether you want to keep score on your iPhone or on an old-fashioned score pad. There's still something good about all of that, even if the beer beer and popcorn is $27. You know what the difference is then between the Rockies and the Broncos? When Joe Ellis sees empty seats, he thinks, and he knows the team isn't playing well, maybe it's time to make a change at head coach. That's not the way Dick Montfort thinks. Well, you really don't need to worry about the empty seats in the NFL. You're making money, period. I understand that. There are going to be 14 people I'm, in the stands I'm talking about making no, money. I'm talking about no-shows and people leaving at the start of the fourth quarter. 
Joe Ellis notices so that. So what? I mean, how does that hurt a football team? The fight, the coach gets fired. That's how. Yeah. And so if people don't start going to games, if people don't go to Rockies games, I think it would be a strong message to Dick Monfort, losing is not acceptable. And you will get hurt in your pocketbook. But, but that that expression of, mal- of being a malcontent about the Rockies and saying, saying boycott the ballpark, don't go to the games, that, that hasn't caught out hasn't caught because on it hasn't to any happened. extent. Because it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. Because people are more than happy to well, go to Well, what's wrong with that? Okay, well then, if you're an owner and no one's punishing your pocketbook, then why would you make a change? Do you think he's spending money, Monfort? On his team? Yes. He is. Again, he just... He's not sitting there, he's not sitting there uh, paralyzed and not doing anything at I all. I understand that. I, I know I totally get that. You're sort of making me defend the un, indefensible, but I'm still My, my point it. is, if your stadium is 75% full and you're 20 games under 500 and you like the manager, why would you make a change? You don't. No. There, there has to be a reason to make a change. When Joe Ellis sees empty seats, I understand they're paid for, but he sees 12,000 no-shows and people leaving at the beginning of the fourth quarter, he's thinking, man, we can't have this. I, I don't like this image. Been, I think that, that has always been overrated. The NFL is a license to print money. Why should you care if people are leaving in the fourth quarter? Well, it's only a reflection of not winning. You're mad because you're not winning. And you know what? The Broncos make changes. They act on it. Mm-hmm. They act on it. The Rockies don't. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? The match tonight for the first time between no professional golfers. All players from another sport. We'll talk about that and talk about maybe some local athletes you'd want to see on the golf course in a similar contest. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to talk about Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Recently, I had a chance to work with them, and I got to tell you, it was like a concierge service working with them. So personal, such an intimate uh, buying experience. I really enjoyed working with them. You are going to as well, whether you want to get a luxury car, a foreign car, maybe a domestic car. They have great financing options as well. But it's the customer service that is really so fantastic. Just they just the way they work with each individual. But here's something else that's great about Rocky Mountain Eurosport. They're always giving back to the community. They always have really cool events. They just had a, a customer appreciation day over Memorial Day at both of their locations, Denver and in Parker. And now this weekend they are going to have another great event called four by four colorado rigs and tacos want to bring in my guy blaine from rocky mountain eurosport how are you my friend hey eric doing good glad to be here on the show with you excited to tell you a little bit more about rigs and tacos this weekend so how do you mix rigs and tacos 
Well, 4x4 Colorado is a overlanding off-road company uh, that specializes in off-road vehicle equipment like rooftop tents, electric fridges, and vehicle lighting. And it's uh, pretty closely intertwined to Rocky Mountain Eurosport here. So what we're doing is we wanted to throw a little bit of a community event similar to, you know, cars and coffee that happens around the area. But we wanted to do it for the off-road world where folks could bring their lifted trucks, their lifted SUVs that are all built out for camping and whatnot, and get some inspiration, show off their ride, and at the same time eat some tacos. Okay, so also, okay, so you're going to have a couple of food trucks there. Hip Pops Denver. I think I know what that is, but explain it to me. But what? Oh, the, yeah, sir. Well, but hold on. What in the heck is cooking with Crown? Because I might just show up for that and grab an Uber. <laughs> well, Hip Pops is a handcrafted gelato bar truck. They have a state-of-the-art food truck that has been built out like unlike any other food truck you have seen. Uh, they have an incredible gelato bar where you can actually hand design your gelato bar that you're that you're going to eat with them um so pretty pretty thing ran by uh two gentlemen named the c and shay here in denver and then cooking with a crown is going to be our taco food truck they cook some of the most incredible burrito tacos in the state they've also got some other things like nachos and quesadillas if you want to do something a little bit more uh handheld um yeah. So, uh, as I said, when I led into you, so this is a very cool event, right? You get to see some awesome trucks, awesome SUVs. You're going to be fed well, but you love to give back to the community. Debbie Hoffman, my friend, for a long time, she is always about giving back to the community. What are you doing for the Legend High School football team? Awesome. So we are, I'm glad you asked, Eric. We are having a legend fundraiser car wash for the legend high school football team we're going to have a bunch of the football players out they're going to be helping wash cars uh, pointing traffic in the right direction to the car wash and we're really excited to to help give back to the football team is uh, is the owner josh frakes going to be uh washing any cars in a white t-shirt oh he absolutely will be or is he going to go like bare-chested <laughs> let's let's hope he's got a shirt on for the all of us. You know what? You're right. He would be doing all of us a favor. Uh, how can people find this event, and where is it, and when is it? Absolutely. So folks can find more information as well as the flyer on 4x4colorado.com. You can click on the Rigs and Tacos link. It'll have a list of all the vendors as well as pertinent information to the event as far as timing goes. Now, the event starts at 11 a.m. in our dealership lot here at Rocky Mountain Eurosport Parker, and the end of the day, we'll be wrapping up around 5 o'clock. And our location is at the corner of Lincoln and Parker Road at 19201 East Lincoln Ave. And I've been there many times. That is a big lot, and you have plenty of room for people, right? Absolutely, Eric. Blaine, a pleasure talking to you, and uh, we'll catch up soon, my friend. Absolutely. Hope to see you out this weekend. Take care, Eric. See you, pal. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. 
presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the match 2022 at the Wynn Golf Club just outside Las Vegas is starting here just in a little bit between AFC and NFC quarterback pairings. We got Mahomes and Allen on one side versus Brady and Rodgers on the other. Brady and Rodgers have each uh, taken part in a match before, and Mahomes and Allen have not. The underdog has won three out of five editions of the match, Mahomes and Allen neither of whom have participated, plus 140 underdogs. So uh, that's where the value is probably because they're pretty evenly matched. If you were to have a local Denver edition of the match, mm. what four athletes from Colorado teams would be the most entertaining foursome? Good one. I took the easy ones. Russell Wilson, Nathan McKinnon. I'll take uh, Jokic or Monte Morris and Kyle Freeland. Okay, well, I'm going to think of guys who play golf. Okay? Mm-hmm. So... One guy is not current, and I understand that. Uh, from the Avs, I would take Joe Sackick. From the Broncos, I would take Elway or Manning, but I would take Elway out of respect for John Elway. Um, as far as the Rockies go, I don't know which guys play golf. Is it Freeland? Does Freeland I, play? I think so, yes. And from the Nuggets, I would take J.R. Smith. I th- oh, who's wait, currently wait. playing North Carolina? Who's A&T. currently playing in college and he's very good. That would be entertaining to watch. He's also got great grades. He's a great student. That's a, yeah, he's a 4.0 student. I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you one thing. I want to see in this match. You didn't get Todd Helton in there, your pal. I have no interest in seeing Todd Helton. With that, I mean, I mean, if there was a tobacco chewing chewing contest <laughs> and driving drunk contest, I think he'd win. And I'll leave it at that. That's how I feel about Todd Helton. You know that. Yes. With that. Um, I'll tell you what I want to see in this match. I want to see Patrick Mahomes' brother up close on the fairway and have Aaron Rodgers shank one right into his <laughs> groin. That's what I want to see at tonight's event. Okay. And then I want to, I want to see that posted on TikTok because his brother's an absolute punk. Danny, do you think we have a shot at ever getting Todd Helton as a guest on this show? I don't know that. Eric would care to have him on this show. I don't want him. I told you. Les, try, Les wanted to bring him on. I said, I won't be part of the interview. No interest. Did you ever do that with Les? I'm being 100% serious now. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever do interviews with the other one opted out? Never. 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 He knows how I feel about Helton. Or he knew how I felt about Helton. Mm-hmm. He's the only athlete I've ever covered I don't like. The only one? Only one. Only one. George, Pre- George Brett was not pleasant. Did, did you meet Barry Bonds? Uh, no. But I didn't cover him. Did you mean Will Clark? I didn't cover him. I covered Todd Helton. Okay. I don't want to sit and go on a rant about Todd Helton. I'm not the only one that feels this way. I've only seen him as a good guy. Okay. That's why I'm kind of surprised. Well, that's great. I I certainly am am leaving open the possibility that he's a different guy in different situations. Well, he can come up and apologize to me for all the times he treated me like garbage, and then maybe I'll have some forgiveness for him. Okay. How's that? Okay, All right, Jordan t- Bennington. What's that? I said, okay, Jordan Bennington. Hey, at the end of the day, own it. And and, and stop. When you do press conferences, uh, don't show disrespect for women either. That's my answer to okay. him as well. Don't like him. I mean, you know you're going to push that button with me. I know. That was kind Fine. of fun. Wasn't yeah. that kind of fun, Danny? Yeah. With that, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. Customer service, you really can't beat it. You need something. 
and it's not an inexpensive proposition to buy appliances. You want to work with the best people who can answer all your questions, get you what you need. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, what a hockey game last night. But here's the thing. In losses, there are always teaching moments. I think Jared Bednar has a lot of them heading into tomorrow's game, too. That's enough.